photographers my age, they were like amazed, like just normal looking Kenyan photo photographs. They, make, they made it in vogue, you know, so it was inspiring for me. Just telling guys that, you know, there's a future in art, there's much to be made from art. The worst part about editing slash the most difficult part is deciding what to keep out, what to leave in. Going around town with no real base, like the base was our vans. Um, so yeah, those, those, those many moving parts. And then COVID was another layer. Hello and welcome to the Meta Podcast. A podcast dedicated to bringing you live recordings from Meta events covering a wide range of multidisciplinary topics converging at the intersection of innovation in the African continent. This episode is brought to you by British Council under the Creative DNA Programme, which is a 12-month incubator implemented by Meta and the UK partner Fashion Scout. The program supported 11 fashion businesses through trainings, coaching, a fashion film feature, and seed grant in a bid to play a part in boosting the growth of the sustainable creative industry in the face of COVID. Throughout this Creative DNA podcast series, you'll have a chance to listen to some of these amazing businesses tell their story innovating in the creative industry. Kicking off the Creative DNA podcast series was a conversation on creativity during a crisis where we sat down with creatives involved in the making of Creative DNA's Wauzin, a limited three-issue digital publication by the British Council East Africa Arts Programme and Luku, a film celebrating Nairobi's love affair with style. Speakers included Sunny Dolat and Noel Kasioka, both directors for Luku, Precious Narotso, an illustrator for Wauzin, and Edwin Miner, a photographer for Wauzin. The conversation was moderated by Abigail Arunga, a writer for Wauzin. I think I'll just start with you, Edwin. I had a couple of questions on your photography. Uh, you often talk about the fact that your photography is self-taught. Where is this university that we may go teach ourselves there also? Did you learn from the University of YouTube? Did you collaborate with other photographers? For me personally, I'll say is a practice. Like at the time I was starting out, I didn't know YouTube, you know. So I'll say just practice and practice, and then yeah, and I love fashion, so it became easier for me. So you've been featured in many things before, and you've spoken about how you worked with uh, Masego on some of his work, or rather his work was inspired by you. Is that crazy? Isn't that wonderful? How did you feel? Did you lose your mind? The first time I saw the, the DM, like, I didn't believe, like, because I've, I've loved his music for a long time, and then getting some feedback of, of my work from him was such an amazing thing. And also, like, being able, like, he was planning to commission me to do the cover work and stuff, art direction and stuff, but because of the COVID stuff, it was a little bit hard for the team to come over. So, yeah, being able to inspire, they, they decided to work it on the end instead of coming to Kenya. So just having to inspire them was, yeah, a goal for me, and I appreciate that. Thank you for the clap, yeah. 
which actually brings me to my next question to Precious. When you got the email that you were going to get to illustrate for Rousing, did you think it was a lie from somewhere deep in Nigeria? No offense. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I didn't think it was a lie, but I'm so used to receiving emails from people that sometimes I don't take them so seriously. So when I did get this opportunity, I was actually very excited because um, I don't get to work with Kenyan um, productions at least. So this time um, it was cool being given the opportunity to work on something that was very Kenyan, so yeah. And so does that mean some of your inspiration from for the wowzing came directly from Nairobi, directly from the source material? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. Did you go along on the shoots as well or were you just inspired by the designers? We've had um, 11 really great designers show their work even as it's showing behind us. What kind of was your inspiration? Um, I'm somebody who has moved around a lot in my life. By the time I finished high school, I'd been to 10 schools. So I have moved through Kenya. <laughs> that is, that is a different, that's a different interview, Precious. Yeah. Um, thank you. We can talk after doing yeah. the bidings about uh, what you were doing. So I've had the opportunity to be around Kenya and um, something that I've seen um, through these neighborhoods is um, the Coca-Cola kiosk. That's something that you see everywhere, even in the poor neighborhoods to like the more um, wealthy ones. And um, so I started from there, just so I can have something that's more recognizable to everyone. And then going from there, um, just trying to create a setting that would be um, familiar to people when it comes to the word neighborhood. I even remember talking to Sunny about it, and he was like, um, yes, feature the Coca-Cola kiosk, but just in case somebody who's not from Kenya um, sees this, they need to know that you're talking about a neighborhood. So he suggested that I put like, um, the backdrop of like um, apartments just to give it that feel and yeah so yeah <laughs> so free branding for coke Got yeah. um, so is it kind of intense for you as a young artist to be viewed on such a large stage is that is that overwhelming or since you get so many emails you're you're used to it by now it's definitely definitely overwhelming because i didn't go to school for this so sometimes I have a tendency of thinking of myself as like a, uh, like I'm not qualified sometimes, but um, um, I've only been doing this for like four months full time. So I'm learning to like build that confidence. So when these opportunities come, I feel like I'm deserving of it and, and yeah. I love that. I love that. You feel like you're deserving of it. I need to also remind myself. Um, well, I have a couple of questions for you in terms of when you were shooting this film and um, working on it with Sunny as well. You said you also worked a bit on the editing for the film as well. How do you pick when there's so much amazing material? How do you pick what to leave and what to stay with? Like, it's all great. Uh, so you close your eyes. You do picky, picky, funky. Yeah, but that's actually the the worst part about editing slash the most difficult part is deciding what to keep out, what to leave in. Uh, and it's always, it's, it's better when you have someone so that you can bounce things off of each other and you're like, all right, so we should leave this out because of this and not because of something else. Uh, I remember when I presented my first draft to Sunny. It's, I was like, yes. Yeah, and then he was like, actually, um. Yeah, and he raised some really interesting and valid points. <laughs> And I was like, okay, fine, I, I see where you're coming from, and then, yeah, so, yeah.
Um, I remember you were uh, taking a couple of pictures, uh, pictures or shooting some B-roll, I think, when I was doing my article, when I joined you on the shoot. Um, had you ever thought that Uhuru Park was going to be featured in anything, as anything, as a style, anything, at all, ever? Well, actually, yeah, it's because of like works for uh, Edwin here, where I'm like, and the many other, I don't know, I don't want to call them New Nairobi, but there is an interest, let me call them the millennials, as if I'm not a millennial That's myself. That's us. But, yeah, like an interesting crop of, of, of visual artists, like across photographers, videographers who are popping, who have been popping up in Nairobi and are just kind of seeing the city in a way that, you know, you're not used to seeing it as. Uh, so yeah, I was like, it's possible, but I didn't think, hey, didn't, didn't. I didn't think I'd see, I'd, I'd get what I got. I hear you. Um, and speaking of not getting what you got, Sunny, I mean, you had to kind of be the creative mind behind all of this to bring it together. So the question I really wanted to ask you actually is, <laughs> is it harder to organize a shoot during COVID or just organize a shoot in Nairobi? I feel like the level of hecticness is similar. Um, I actually don't think I've ever thought about that. But I think just organizing a shoot of that scale in Nairobi um, is 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 intense because there are so many moving parts um we had a we had a crew with a like talent and crew of about maybe 15 to 20 people um going around town with no real base like the base was our vans um so yeah those 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 many moving parts and then covid was another layer um to the to the moving parts um but oddly enough um both Nairobi and, and, and all the crew and, and talent that were on set have done this before. And so there was an ease um, at which everyone was able to kind of like get everything done. So basically we've been doing this, so it was fine. Yeah. Which kind of is a narrative that is not really seen um, across our borders. There are artists and creatives and musicians and photographers who have been doing this. How important do you think things like Wauzin are in changing the narrative that we don't actually do this to we've been here? Um, they're, they're critical. Um, I think that for a long time, so much um, about about Kenya and Kenyanness and Africa and Africanness has been documented um, from a white perspective. Uh, there's no other way to say it. So, I'm just thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 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 that has so many problematics, right? Um, you you watch films like Out of Africa, and you're like, hiya. I mean, well... You, you yeah, watched so the whole questions. thing? You watched the whole thing? I really did. Okay. Because torture is something <laughs> that I like to do to myself. But, um, you know, and, and, and that in, in those times, whenever we are seen by, by global media or global northern media, um, they pick the parts that they like and the parts that are convenient for them. Um, and in a country like Kenya, because we do have a country that's so insanely beautiful geographically, um, and so bountiful and, and, and abundant with, with amazing wildlife. The wildlife is always foregrounded, right? So um, a big photographer like uh, Patrick Demarchelier will come and do a fashion story, um, and all the models that will be brought will be from, from Europe. Um, and the only thing that'll, that's Kenyan that will feature is, is the soil and the animals. Um, and that's so problematic because you know, at the end of the day, then Kenya is reduced to this, to this um, wide open savanna, 
Um, and you're like, hi, please. You did not yeah. land in that savannah. Like you in the Taylor in Swift video, yes. You stayed mm. in the hotel. Yes. You interact with the people. Your cab um, driver. Yeah. And mm. so this, this constant erasure of, of, of Kenyans um, is, is, is something that's, that's so problematic. And we can sit and complain and be like, oh, this and this should be done. But also we can do something about it. And that's why work um, and bodies of work like Wauzin are so important. Um, one of the things that I was really um, adamant about doing with Wauzin is not featuring wildlife or animals or landscape. Leopard print, um, cheetah, pre cheetah print, easy. nothing? Okay, got it. Uh, it, it. It would have been too easy. And, and, and that just goes to show you how Kenya has a frame of understanding, the foregrounding of that, you know? So if you want to go shoot in Naivasha, your shoot cost will be maybe a quarter of what it will cost you to shoot in Nairobi. Um, shooting in CBD is an absolute nightmare. It's, like, it's, it's one a of those mess. things that you're just like, wow, I am just, I am picking struggle yes. for myself and I'm picking torture. <laughs> and not um, picking to not interact with the police. Exactly. Because they will arrest you for um, photographing your own city. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but we picked it for three days um, because it's important. I think that to be able to see Kenyans in in their city, in their neighborhoods, um, in their mode of transportation, having a, a good time is, is something that we don't see enough of. Um, and even for ourselves, you know, I think the way that we interact with the city um, and, and by extension with our country is, is so complex because Nairobi CBD is not designed for you to go and enjoy yourself. Nairobi CBD is the wildlife you were speaking of, actually. <laughs> really, I mean, yeah. Um, and so, because I mean, there's so many barriers, um, starting with like all the, all the harassment that you, that you face from like all the cops and security guards, um, the structure of it, um, the kind of like public, public areas to kind of like rest and have fun. Um, are things that are not really accessible. And so whenever you do catch yourself in CBD, um, you're just like, wow. And actually, especially for a, for, a, for, a, for a significant chunk of the, maybe not significant, of the population, it's very easy to design a life without having to cross CBD. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so you're just like, okay, I live here and work is here, so I'll just go like this, and I wouldn't have to, uh, I wouldn't have to enter town. Um, and, and there's many, many people who do that because going into town is, is, is crazy. But I think that that interaction is so important um, because CBD is like Nairobi is our city. It is, it's it the is pulse. Ours. It's kind of like where everything yeah. em emerges from. Yeah, and we must, we must hold space in it. We must claim space in it. We must enjoy in it. Um, is this the part where I ask you the last time you were in a matatu or? <laughs> I mean, a week ago? Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. I, I expected something different, Sunny. <laughs> um, I see the game to play, please. <laughs> I also wanted to kind of ask about that changing narrative with Edwin, because um, Edwin did a couple of pictures with um, Vogue, I remember, when they were doing the Vogue Africa Challenge. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why you've decided to participate in that? Was it just you just wanted a different picture, or? Mm, for me, like, I felt it's time for Kenya, time for East Africa to showcase like what we have, the people, the culture, the growing fashion scene, you know. Also to show the younger generation like it's possible like to be featured in such a magazine. You don't have like to have resources or to be white, you know. 
So for me, I just took it as an opportunity to showcase also my talent, you know. And yeah, it was a nice thing. I got featured in most of the online Vogue, Vogue Germany, Vogue, France, like almost all of them. So for me, mo most of the response I got were from the younger photographers. Photographers my age, they were like amazed, like just normal looking Kenyan photo photographs. They, make, they made it in vogue, you know, so it was inspiring for me. Also for Kenya, East Africa, I think generally most, if, if you talk of fashion, if you talk of photography, all you think is Nigeria, West Africa, or South Africa. But I think it's time for Kenya and East Africa to show what we have, to showcase our stuff. Yeah, and I think we have what it takes. Yeah, thank you. I th oh, go ahead. Yes, clap for it. Right? <laughs> I think that's also what um, inspired a lot of my writing for the second issue as well. The fact that there's so many designers that I don't know in my own country. There's so many places I haven't been to in years because I'm avoiding them because I've been told to avoid them. There's something very... Um, breaking free from the stereotype of what we're sold and then therefore creating our own story of what we want. Noel, I don't know if you bought any anything from the designers after you participated on the shoots. Personally, I am wearing <laughs> I'm wearing a We Are Nairobi ring. Um, and this mask also is from one of the 11 designers. I'm just checking because, you know, you guys talked a lot about, you know, unity and solidarity and wonderfulness. Wow. I'm just... <laughs> Listen, I'm holding you guys up to a standard. We've been in vogue. <laughs> Is that a, okay. Was your mic actually not working? <laughs> I, d I don't feel like you're telling the truth. I can see the green light from here. Yeah. Um, is this the this marking? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Uh, I, f you're ref I figure you're referencing the voiceover over the, the, the film? Not even the voiceover of the film, just like in your interaction with the people on the shoot mm. and now starting to kind of buy Kenyan designers more, local designers more, designers from Africa. Did that kind of change your mind in terms of mm -hmm. what you buy next, oh, what yeah. you wear next? Like definitely, definitely. Um, personally, I've always really been Kenyan skewed. I've always wanted to buy as much Kenyan as I can. For example, this which is actually uh, Kenyan. The, the watch is Kenyan. Um, yeah, this, is, this is defense. This is defense mode. <laughs> um, but but it, it really was cool. For me, for me, the film was kind of my intro into cDNA. Um, and actually, this event is really cool because now I'm getting to see everyone else who was a part of the larger, you know, program because I was just involved with the film, the crew, the shoot. And every day I was just like, okay, Sunny, so who are we shooting today? It's like, I Gentile, is Ender, is what is this, is that. I remember I, I posted something on my story, um, a tracksuit, and then someone slid and I was like, you're shooting for Ender? And I was like, how, what? <laughs> I thought Ender was just shooting. I was like, okay, yes, yes. I was like, what do you do? Yeah. But... <laughs> But yeah, so it, it's really cool and I'm really happy to be part of something, you know, that's really super uber us.
I'm, I'm glad your mic started working. Um, oh, yeah, right? That was so weird. I was just like, yeah. Just as a kind of a final question before I open up uh, for audience questions, Precious, I kind of wanted to ask you the ways in which you think artists, especially female artists, can be supported um, in the creative field. Do you feel supported? Do you think that there's something more that can be done? I know. Um, <laughs> do I feel supported? Do you feel supported? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. What's the second question that you asked? Do you feel like other things could be done oh, for more okay. support if you don't feel supported um, after you've checked? Okay. The support that I get, I would say, was just it's just mostly from my friends who um, uh, what's what's it called? They encourage me to go on because you know sometimes being an artist can be very broke. Yeah, <laughs> and fluctuating. Yeah, but um, in terms of like the support we can receive. Definitely, in terms of like um, um, us um, talking to each other and finding out what is like the standard for what we charge and all these other things, because a lot of us go into this thing blindly. I Google all the time how much should you charge for this, 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 and this, and it's so different because even if I Google, it doesn't like um, give me the Kenyan specific. So when it comes to support, definitely when it comes to just like knowing um, pricing and all that, it would be very helpful. Support in terms of skills as well. I feel like there are a lot of things that um, in Kenya, education-wise, <laughs> they, they removed the yeah. arts. They removed I, it from the syllabus. Yes, which is crazy it's to crazy. me because I don't even think I would be able to survive if it wasn't for art in school. So I would say that definitely, 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 if we can bring it back, if we can petition, if we can riot, riot. To, bring, <laughs> to bring art back, because it's very, very important. So yeah, I would say in terms of from primary, from um, nursery, just telling guys that, you know, there's a future in art, there's much to be made from art. So yeah, in terms of educational support, I would really champion for that, yeah. Okay, uh, that's great, and I think that's a great note to end on. And kind of, I oh yes, clap for us. I yes. have a question for you. Okay, you have a question for me. <laughs> yes, I don't think that's I like supposed to. I like how you ask because I'll give you a, by, a bystander. Yes, I'm bystanding the panel. Um, uh -huh. But you, you wrote an article for us. I did. Um, and you're not a fashion writer. I am and, not. And that was that was a, a deliberate choice. Yes. Um, and so I'm really curious as to how that was for you. Writing fashion when I'm not a fashion writer. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're a writer and you're trying to pay rent, generally, like, wow. you write... <laughs> I mean... Um, <laughs> but also, I don't think you have to necessarily be a fashion writer to write about fashion. You have to be a writer, like, you have to know how to string words together and make it sound great. You did say I sounded great, right? That's what you did. Um, and so I think the importance... It, part of writing is doing research and you know having someone to check your work and also kind of doing the work that it entails to have the opinion that you're writing about. I can make words sound pretty. It's my job, right? But um, I think the reason that I agreed to do this is also because I'm always interested in projects that will make me think differently about something. Some, I can't be, a, I'm not a fashion writer now. It doesn't mean I can't be a fashion writer later. It doesn't mean I don't want to know about fashion in Kenya. It doesn't mean I don't want to make it accessible to people who aren't fashion readers in a way that they can kind of engage with the conversation as someone who's outside looking in the way I am. Yeah. Great answer. Thank you for the question. What? <laughs>
take over my panel, why don't you? Um, I think we have about five minutes left if anyone has any questions for anyone on the panel other than me. And there's a question in the back. So my question is to you, Sunny. And um, I mean, I was, I'm particularly impressed at the, the video. And I'd love to just get into your mind space when you were thinking about how to um, ensure that all the brands are represented and how, I mean, just to get the thought process behind why did you choose Matatus? Why didn't you decide to go use a skyscraper, mm -hmm. which is equally a representation of Nairobi, you know? Um, why didn't you go to the park? Nairobi is the only city with a national park um, in it. So what is the, the thought process around it and how did you navigate that thin line of having all the brands included and still come up with something cohesive? Um, <clears throat> so from a, from a conceptually, I, I, I really enjoy the intersection of, of fashion and politics. Um, it's something that, that uh, brings me a lot of joy, <laughs> perhaps more than it should. Um, and so when I came up with the three different, different shoots for each issue, um, there, was, there was something political also that the, that the shoot was going to explore. Um, and especially with the first two, so neighborhoods. Um, Nairobi is, is changing every day and there's a there's a there's a there's an unkindness that I that I've started to see in the architecture of Nairobi, where um, even the smallest inch of green space uh, means that you added for ten thousand shillings, right? So then green space becomes this privilege that's attached to to money, and 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 there's something deeply unkind and deeply unhuman, if you ask me, um, when when people start to think like that. And so when you go to these old neighborhoods like Kariakor, places like South B, places like Nairobi West, where I grew up, um, and there was, there was, it was much kinder and a lot more generous. Um, so like the estate that I grew up, we had two like massive fields, and so the kids could go and just play in the mud and do all manner of nonsense. Um, but also the adults in the evenings could go and like catch some sun. And then we also had a small backyard. Um, and if you think about the kind of like newer neighborhoods, so like there's all these buildings in Kileleshra and Westlands where, well, there's no grass, not one, not one inch. Um, and so I've been really curious about, about neighborhoods and the design of neighborhoods um, and, the, and the kind of like architecture of Nairobi. Um, and I thought it'd be really beautiful to kind of like capture these contra contrasting ideas and, and versions of Nairobi. Um, and we come to Matatus. I've always been so fascinated by matatus and matatu culture uh, because for as long as I remember, um, the kange in my mind has always been a fashion character, um, and especially for the, for the really like decked out matatus, you know? Um, there's such performance in what they do. Um, they smell great, they look great, there's a way that they speak, there's all these things that they do. Every, everyone, I, every girl I know was warned about a kange, and some boys too, <laughs> to be fair. You'll get pregnant, and I'm like, you said. Yes. Um, and, 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 those are, those are <laughs> and, 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 and there was a reason for that, you know. There were these, and they continue to be these, these incredible characters. And to think that in our lifetime, we almost saw the complete erasure of Matatus, right? Because then Michuki came with like, Haya, white on every Matatu, yellow line, and uniform. Um, and, and, and I don't think that that's something that we, that we talk about enough, that we have this thing that is, that is so Kenyan, that is so Nairobian, that almost vanished. In fact, 
like everything was put in place for its erasure. Um, it's just somehow kind of managed to come back. Um, and then the last one was enjoyment, about kind of like occupying space and town. So, yeah, so, 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 so that kind of inter intersection of, of fashion and politics is something that I really wanted to bring in. Um, making sure that every designer was represented, um, I can give a very nice answer, but let me tell you, hey, it was a trick. Because there are days we'd be on set, and we're shooting, we're shooting, I'm like, hiya, wait. <laughs> Um, no, but like we, we, we had everything on set and we tried to, to be very um, deliberate and also very aware um, to make sure that we've captured everyone. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for your time, for your answers, for sharing with us. Please talk to the panelists after. Please give them all your money, commission their work, love upon them in a wallet fashion. Thank you guys so much for staying awake all through our panel. We appreciate you. For more of these episodes, you can subscribe to our podcast channel on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform of your choice. To stay in touch with us, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at WeAreMetaNBO or email us on Nairobi at Meta.co. Until next time, thanks for listening.